Hello, everyone, and welcome to the Cold Feet Podcast. Join our journey as we interview people in this cold plunge and we delve on the adventure of holistic health, athletic development, barefoot education, washing the norm, and so much more. So dive in, grab a hot cocoa, and enjoy the episode. Before we start our podcast episode, we would like to give a brief shout out to our podcast sponsors. Most shoes harm your mobility by over-restricting your foot's natural movement. With the Ursus from Barefoot Athletics, a shoe designed with minimal restrictions, your feet can move the way nature intended, so you can move with more confidence and strength in every step. Barefoot Shoes was founded by Chris Duffin, who attributes proper foot biomechanics as foundational to his success in squatting and deadlifting over 1,000 for reps. He created Barefoot Shoes to provide a minimal shoe designed for strength athletes. Go to barefoot.shoes slash TBSR to check out the Ursus and you can save 10% with the code TBSR10 to purchase the strongest minimalist shoe available. As a gym owner, I usually lift barefoot. When I can't lift barefoot, I love lifting in my barefoot shoes for both the health benefits of lifting barefoot and the increased ground feel I have in all my lifts. You don't need supplements to build muscle, lose fat, and get healthy, but the right ones can help. That's why over 350,000 fitness folk have chosen Legion. Well, that and their 100% natural products, their clinically effective ingredients and doses, and their no-hassle money-back guarantee. I've been following Michael Matthews, the CEO of Legion Athletics Journey, since 2012, and I am super duper impressed with their supplements. They have a wide variety of everything from protein powders, pre-workouts, post-workouts, omega-3s, and bundles. And you can save a whooping 20% with the discount code HABER, H-A-B-E-R. So just log in to legionathletics.com, and the discount code is HABER for 20% off. Earthrunners are some of my favorite minimalist sandals. Earthrunners were created to rewild our lives in response to the typical modern domesticated lifestyle, which is causing numerous health, psychological, and social issues. Through rewilding and grounding, we aim to bring stronger, healthier, and more resilient individuals and communities back to our society. If you're not familiar with grounding, grounding is exposing your bare feet or body to the earth beneath you. And if you're unable to do that, you can ground with sandals like Earthrunners with their unique copper plug and copper laces. Grounding has a huge display of benefits such as reducing inflammation, improving sleep, and improving happiness. So you can check out Earthrunners at earthrunners.com and you can use our discount code of TBSR10 to get 10% off. Hey guys, it's Sean here again with the Cold Feet Podcast, and today I'm going to address one of the more common questions that gets addressed to me, which is, should I be using supplements and or what supplements should I be taking? So unfortunately, there is no clear-cut gray answer. In general, the rule of thumb is that when it comes to either athletes, be it bull sport, tactical, military, or even people who struggle to get the right amount of nutrients or protein or amino acids or omega-3 oils from foods and obviously a high quality supplement is good but it also doesn't replace it. You still should be ensuring that around 80 to 100 percent of your uh, macronutrients and your micronutrients are coming from food sources. So first up I'm going to dive into protein. 
Now, I think protein powder specifically is widely misunderstood. It's a little bit different than other supplements, and the reason for that is because protein powder is simply liquid chicken. Now, if you're a vegetarian, then I can call it liquid tofu. But that does, doesn't sound so appetizing. Not that liquid chicken sounds any better. Mm -hmm. But a goal with protein powder is simply to add to your daily protein intake. It's a macronutrient. It's something that required to have a certain amount every day. It's not going to magically make you buff. And if you take a protein shake after your workout, it's not going to help much. It's more using protein as to ensure you're hitting your daily protein intake that's needed every day. There is studies showing that if you have protein immediately post-workout, it may spike your protein synthesis and help with faster recovery. But in the greater scheme of things, it's more important that you have enough protein intake every day. Does that answer your question about protein? Uh-huh. So do you, do you need to take protein? You don't need to take protein after a workout. Is that correct? You don't need to inherently take protein after a workout. What you may need is if you're training in a fasted state, then if you do a strenuous strength session that's over an hour to an hour and a half long, it's possible that your body will be put in a little bit more of a catabolic state, which is in your muscles are breaking down. And what happens then is that your body starts taking amino acids from your muscles to replenish its amino acid pool in order to repair other muscles. And the problem with that is that that kind of defeats the purpose of training because when you train, you're trying to break down your muscles in order to rebuild. But if it's just breaking down muscles to rebuild muscles, you're not going to get anywhere. So if you're in a fasted state, there may be benefits to um, <clears throat> having protein immediately after your workout. But in general, if you're in a fed state, like you ate breakfast and a couple hours later you're training, it's totally cool. So you don't have to be the guy in the bathroom, you know, shoving a can of tuna down your down your gullet. Is that a word? Down your gullet? gut. Down your gut. Yeah. And uh, you don't have to like you know, chug their protein chink real quick. Where I found protein powder most useful is for people such as military or ball sport or people who are very, very physically active who are struggling to get enough protein from real foods. Uh -huh. Does that kind of sum it up for you? Yeah, so protein powder isn't absolutely necessary when it comes for to building muscle. That's That's absolutely correct. Protein powder is not inherently necessary for building muscle mass. The reason why most people use it is because it's simply convenient. It's a liquid form of protein that doesn't need to be refrigerated. And because it does need to be refrigerated and it's yummy and it comes with all sorts of flavors, it's a lot easier, you know, take a scoop of protein in your shaker than, you know, bring a piece of chicken breast to your uh, container and prep it every time. Got it. Obviously, there's different types of protein. There's whey and there's casein and there's pea protein and rice protein. In general, whey protein is one of the more bioabsorbable and uh, highest quality of the essential BCAs, the amino acids that you need. So usually I'd recommend whey if you cannot eat whey, either for uh, stomach ache or lactose reasons or vegetarian reasons. You can also experiment with a pea and rice blend of protein. Obviously, there's so much more to say about the different types. So I'm not really going to dive into them because I'm trying to give an overview. The next supplement that I recommend for any strength or strength sport-based athlete is something called creatine. Creatine is a cool substance that's found in meat and fish. And unfortunately, vegetarians tend to lack this, this uh, substance simply because they tend not to eat meat and fish or vegans specifically. And creatine is very, very responsible for what we call the ATPCP system. And because I'm not Dr. Huberman, I'm not going to go into start because I'm not a scientist. Didn't add the PhD to my title yet. I'm not going to start delving into the advanced physiological systems of the body. But to keep it short, creatine phosphate is 
a, a ingredient in the process of creating what we call ana, ana, uh, anaerobic energy, which is weightlifting, sprinting, fighting, anything from zero to ten to you know to ten to thirty seconds. And if you're able to increase your create your creatine phosphate capacity in your body, you'll have more CP. You'll have more creatine phosphate, which can bond with ATP, which will then allow you to have a slight increase in performance and power. Creatine does not dehydrate you, despite the myth. What it does is it taxes your system by working it work a little harder. And if you work a little harder, you need more water. That's where the myth comes. It doesn't magically dehydrate you or make your muscles puffy. Uh, it could draw water into the muscles as part of the muscle building process because it's working slightly harder than usual. And creatine is not like caffeine. It doesn't have an instantaneous boost. Rather, building up your creatine storage over time will, and, it, and it's one of the most proven research supplements out there, it will help you and give you that extra rep or give you that extra, you know, last bout of energy in the sprint, which will ultimately, if you're always pushing one more rep, which will make you stronger in, in any sort of strength and power uh, sports or activities. Does that, any questions about creatine? So cre getting creatine from natural sources is the best option if I, if my diet allows, if I'm not you know, vegan or... In theory, yes, but creatine specifically because it's not found in such large doses in even in meat and fish, mm -hmm. it can be difficult to get desired amount of creatine to improve performance, which is why so many people go about supplementing creatine because unlike protein, it's not something that you can get in large amounts from food, whereas protein, I would recommend people get food first, supplement later. Creatine is something that I would recommend most strength athletes go on and it's also been shown to inc uh, decrease brain aging in older people and increase cognitive cognitive ability, even if you don't work out. Oh, wow. So it's really one of like the best top supplements out there. I tend to cycle on and off of it because I never want to be too reliant on supplements. So I'll do phases like if I'm prepping for a tackle football season, I'll go on it for a few months. There's also a simple strategy for creatine loading where you can either take uh, five grams every day over the course of like, you know, a month, and then it will build up and you keep on taking it to maintenance dosage, which can be three to five grams. And if you want to like load it and have the creatine capacity in your body built up to a higher storage, you can take around 20 grams for, I think, a week, and then you go back down to a maintenance dose of five grams. Does that answer your question about creatine? It does, yeah. Sweet. Next up, we got the elusive multivitamin. Now, the reason why the multivitamin comes up third is despite me <clears throat> living a very holistic lifestyle and I'm eating a bunch of organ meats and I'm eating tons of vegetables and tons of fruits, which means that I'm actually getting most of my uh, nutrients and minerals from food, which is the ideal state. And the reason for that is when nutrients and minerals are in their ideal state and they come with the fiber and they come with the fatty acids, they're much more bioabsorbable by the body. Whereas if I take a multivitamin, even a high quality one, it can really affect the way that I'm able to absorb it because it's made in the lab and it's made synthetically and my body might reject it. So when you're looking at supplements, any sort of vitamin, not just a multivitamin, but magnesium or zinc, you want to look at what form of vitamin, like just because it says magnesium sport plus doesn't mean that it's good for sport. You want to look at some magnesium citrate, is it magnesium oxide? There's different types of every mineral and vitamin and some of them are more absorbable, some of them more mimic the way they're in food and some of them are made by a lab and your body can't synthesize them at all. So they're literally a waste of money. Unfortunately, the supplement company is full of waste of monies. Mm. I would say like 10% of supplements are actually legitimate, genuine things that can enhance your body. In an ideal world, if we all were farmers and we grew our own cucumbers, peppers and raised our own cattle, Charlie's uh, chiming in a bit to the podcast, uh, we wouldn't have to supplement in my opinion, but because we live in a world that even the organic meats are not getting the same quality soil, they're not eating the same quality earth, the air is not the same, the air is polluted, the earth is polluted, 
and it's very difficult to get the same level of nutrient density that one was. So I do recommend a high quality multivitamin, especially for those in like high calorie, high performance needs, such as ball sport athletes and tactical. I'm specifically bringing those in the example because they have the highest demands on their body and they need every aspect of recovery. Whereas like an active couch potato, he or she, you know, it's possible that they don't need as much, you know, vitamin A and vitamin C to, you know, regenerate their cells as a regular person would. Um, so I would look at it as a multivitamin as kind of like a top up your storage tank. So if you're not getting enough zinc, enough, not getting enough magnesium, you can take it. But I would recommend taking a blood test to first ensure and see what you're lacking so as not to A, waste your money and B, not ensure that you're not taking too much of any particular vitamin, vitamin or mineral. Mm-hmm. So this is something that you'd, uh, another thing that you'd recommend supplements supplementation because it's it's something the the quality in our in our meats and and even the natural stuff isn't as quality as maybe our our ancestors would have been eating so this is something that's important even for for people especially who are in very physically demanding jobs correct correct and in fact many times like I'm all for if you can get a very, very varied diet with plenty of organ meats and plenty of, you know, organic nutrient dense fruits and vegetables and, you know, make sure you're eating fats at the right time to it. Make sure you're absorbing specifically vitamin A, D, E, and K are fat soluble vitamins, which means if they don't have fat in their system, uh, in your system while you're eating them or close to their, uh, digestion time, they won't be able to be, um, absorbed properly. But like if someone's lacking magnesium, they have to get magnesium. They can't just be like, oh, I, I refuse to take vitamins. So I'm just going to, you know, be without it. Magnesium is like important for over 300 functions in your body. So you don't just want to wing it. But if you could get it sourced from food, I would prefer to get it sourced from food. Mm-hmm. Got it. Cool. The next supplement I want to dive into is fish oil. Now, there's a lot of hype around fish oil for, you know, increased cognitive, cognitive, brain regeneration, nails and skin, and, you know, in general being very good for the body's system and hormonal balance. I think that if you can eat wild-raised salmon, which can be hard to find, especially here in Israel, or any sort of sardine or, you know, fatty fish, then you're pretty much covered as long as you have, like, you know, a couple times a week. In fact, I remember when I was younger, I was eating a meal by this, like, top-tier nutritionist who was also a U.S. Marine. And literally before we had we had the bread, like, we made the blessing over the grape juice, and then we had the challah, and then everyone got one little piece of sardine. And, of course, he's, like, for omega-3s. Like, he was literally checking off his quota. And I found it really cool because, like, yeah, you can pop some fish bills, but you can also and get those fishy burps, but you can also take some uh, fatty fish. If you can't get fatty fish or you don't like fish or you're struggling with the quality of the fish around you and it's farm-raised and don't bother with it, you can check out a uh, fish supplement. Make sure that there's a relationship of what I believe uh, e, EHA and D, D... I'm forgetting the exact terminology. DHA? DHA and... I think it's e- EHA. EHA and DHA, I believe I'm probably um, mispronouncing the lettering. You want to ensure that it has the right balance and that the oils are sourced ideally, the fish oils are ideally sourced from fish or um, or cod liver oil or something and not from uh, flax or other uh, plant-based. Chia seeds. Yeah, not a plant, plant-based omega-3 oils because they don't have the right ratios that the body needs. Um, that's regarding omega-3s. Do you have any other questions? I think that just about covers the 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 fish oils is that so it's best to get that also from a natural source if you could i or if you can't find quality quality uh in 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 the in the fish then you'd go for supplementation i think that if you could naturally source all your supplements and minerals everything if you can for several reasons, A, because it's 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 in the package. You're getting the whole package. You're getting the skin and the fats and the proteins and the amino acids. And I believe that 
God or your higher power made this in a way so you can ideally digest it. And even if it's like the highest quality thing, if it's made in the lab, I'm hesitant to believe that it has the same power as, you know, the person who created the fish, whoever that may be. And that's why my jam. But it is important to be said that if you're lacking it, you have to supplement it somehow. And if you don't like fish, you do still want to get it. I also have my beliefs that if you rely too much on multivitamins and too much on supplements and minerals, your body starts adapting to the fact that you're supplementing so much and then it no longer functions properly when you go off them. This is a theory. I didn't prove this yet. I've, I've tried it on myself and I've noticed that let's say you were to ingest like three milligrams of fish oil every day for one year straight. Then you go off it. Your body can possibly get reliant that you get fish oil every day and then no longer starts producing whatever um, uh, fatty acids it needs on its own or it's like oh, I don't need to uh, absorb the fish oil from the salmon that I eat because I'm getting from this little pill. So then you go off the oils and go to the fit for real food. Your body will be like, hey, I don't need it. I get this little dose of omega-3s in the, a night. That's just my theory about supplementation. It's not necessarily true. It's not been proven as far as I know. So that's why like, I'll cycle on and off uh, multivitamins, cycle on and off fish oils. That kind of covers the main four. There's also the concept of a beta-alanin which I won't get into the deep physiological aspects, but similar to creatine, it gives a slight buffering effect, specifically more for the anaerobic aerobic range, anaerobic lactic, which is anaerobic exercise where there's lactic acid involved, which is between what we call pure strength training, like anaerobic training and pure aerobic capacity training. So somewhere from like the 30 second to two minute mark. So you could think like, 300 meter, 400 meter runs, even uh, uh, repeated sprints, repeated sport games, longer intensity workouts. We're not talking about like a five, six reps of squatting. We're talking about like, let's say a two minute match, a three minute fighting match. So it can give a slight buffering effect and neutralize some of the lactic acids um, when you're fighting and it can help prolong your, I wouldn't call it endurance, but it it can help prolong your strength endurance by a couple percentage. So that's a super useful um, I mean, uh, a super useful supplement that many athletes use, especially in like, the football or soccer world, where they have to do repeated sprints again and again and again and again for like, you know, 60 to 90 minutes to three hours. Those are the top five that I would recommend. Obviously, there's so many out there. There's like magnesium, zinc, selenium, all these things, and all these are kind of included in the multivitamin. I think I'm going to wrap up uh, today's episode with that. Do you have any questions, any follow-ups? No, that's great. Yeah, that really breaks it down and... Uh... Seeing that uh, you can gain a lot, get a lot of these things from the natural world, but also sometimes it's good to supplement when needed. Yep, that's it. All right, thanks for thanks for tuning in, and I'll see you next time. Peace. Hey, I'm Sean, and I'm the Barefoot Athlete, and I want to welcome you on this six-week Barefoot Transition course. Two and a half years ago, we started developing this course, and we wanted it to be 12 months long. Why 12 months? Because we felt that if you just spent dozens of years and cushioned shoes, you can't transition that quickly. Realizing that 12 months is not sustainable, we shortened it to six weeks. And in these six weeks, you're gonna dive into foot, knee, ankle, hip, shoulder mobility. You're gonna dive into calf, ankle, knee, hip strengthening. You're gonna learn how to take care of your feet, how to release them with tons of soft tissue work. After the first phase is over, after the three weeks are done, your pain is gone, your knees, your hips, your feet are feeling great, ready to rumble move on to the advanced stage. We learn how to land, we learn how to jump, we learn how to produce force and absorb force. Every single week is action-packed with play, fun, challenges to challenge yourself, your friends, your loved ones, and your community. Tons of strengthening, tons of footwork, 
and we can guarantee you that in six weeks' time, you will be much, much closer to being able to fully love life and live life in minimalist footwear. And the best part of it all, you're not limited to six weeks. So if you want to go back and repeat a phase, you're more than welcome to. So let's go, come along, and enjoy the course.